What's up, everybody? This is Majet from Diva Girl Tribe, and you're listening to the Diva Girl Radio Podcast, the show that connects, supports, educates, and empowers people who want fun, unique, and diverse experiences in their lives and businesses. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me. You could have been somewhere else doing something else, but you are here today tuning in. So for that, I'm truly, truly grateful. Today, I'm super duper excited to welcome our fabulous guest and friend of Diva Girl. So our guest today is Miss Moni Chang-Ann McCarty. Let me tell you a little bit about this girl. She's amazing. She's fabulous. She's done so much. So for over 21 years, Mo has been a renowned leader in executive roles for big box retailers across the country. Mo can also be credited with contributions in the early outset to the cannabis and cryptocurrency industry as a silent accredited investor. However, she's no newcomer in the wellness business. You may know her work as the founder of Unorthodox Therapy Inc the first ever women advocacy nonprofit co-op supporting women's mental health and local women-owned businesses in Philadelphia. She now prides herself in the philanthropy work as a mental health advocate, podcast host, wife, and most importantly, a mentally healthy mother. She's originally from LA and currently resides in the city of sisterly love. No, thank you for being here. So much for having me. I'm so grateful to be here and being present with your audience. Yes. And, you know, and I know you live a really busy life. We were just chatting about that. Um, And you have many roles. And I'm always curious how one woman, you know, um, does with all these roles that she has, right? How do you manage all of this? Um, It helps. (laughs) Calendar, <laughs> a big book calendar like this. It's okay. Oh my god! I literally have my life planned out, my children's life, my family, like my husband's schedule, my schedule, all planned out. But to be honest with you, how I'm able to do this is like support, like 100% support. People say that they do things on their own and they're self-made. I always chuckle. Sorry. I always chuckle at um, I always chuckle at uh, people who talk about how they're self-made and they are, um, you know, no one taught me this and no one. And, and, and that to me, I feel like it's a complete lie because you can't do things without the support of others. And honestly, how I'm able to do this is support, is support that I have in my little circle. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and how many kids do you have again? I think more. Four beautiful children. Yeah. Ages from what age are they? I have an 11-year-old, a 4-year-old, a 2-year-old, and a newly just turned 7-month-old. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We are officially done. Are you sure? Oh, y'all. Oh, oh, we're done. Snap, 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 snap. (laughs) Your hands are cool. Oh, so who are your biggest support? System. Who's in your support system? Uh, my support system is my mother and my husband. Between those two, there is nothing in this world that I cannot conquer. So, oh, that is so important. That's so that's so good to hear to have a partner who supports you. 
um, and and he's your business partner too, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Do everything together financially, operationally, the whole shebang. And then um, my mother doesn't even live in Philadelphia. I have to fly her in and out of California, <laughs> back and forth, just so that way we can get the support that we need because. She is the only support that we have that we trust for our family to watch our children, if that makes sense. So, yeah, yeah. definitely. Mothers like um, my parents uh, are one of my biggest support too. part of my support system when it comes to taking care. And I only have one daughter and I still need support and help with that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so you mentioned your mother, you know, um, transporting her from another state to, to another state. So tell me, so you, you know, in your bio, you're from LA. Yeah. Well, tell, tell, tell us a little bit more of your story, how you grew up in LA, how you ended up uh, in Philadelphia, because that's a whole different yeah. coast. So tell us your story. I it love is. your story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, the, the beauty of uh, coming from the West Coast to the East Coast is honestly love. That was what it was. That is why I left my beautiful life in LA to come to the East Coast. And of all places, I get often asked, why Philly of all places? Well, my husband is born and raised in Philly, um, and this is his humble abode. And uh, I was raised in Los Angeles my whole life, um, not my whole entire life, but the majority of my young and adult life, I found myself in Los Angeles. Needless to say, um, I have a very comfortable life in California, um, a set life, a career, family, friends, the whole shebang. There was no need for me to ever uproot my entire life to leave that to come to the East Coast. But then love have a way of so many things, right? Love conquers all. Love comes through and they push through and, it, and they pull this version of you that you never knew existed inside of you. And that's exactly what happened. Because when you're in your mid-30s, right, you're like, you ask yourself, Hmm. I'm good. I'm happy with life. It is what it is. Um, and it's going to take a miracle for me to up and leave. And sure enough, that miracle was my husband. We met um, during uh, one of my cannabis launch uh, companies. We had a launch party in Vegas and he was out there living a the life. I was out there working and uh, we reconnected on social media and then we just fell in love fell in love. And literally when I say everything happened in a matter of a year, uh, engaged, dating, married, had a baby, uh, pregnant, the whole shebang all and moved from the West to the East coast in all in less than a year. And here we are going on our sixth year in. So, wow. Right. All of that in less than a year till we have the most loving, healthy relationship that I've ever imagined. I never thought that that would ever exist for me as a single mom. Um, and that was scary too, coming from the West to the East. But needless to say, I'm here now. And let me just add that coming to the East Coast, the transition wasn't easy. It was very hard the first three years for me. I struggled with the severe depression, um, did not know my place in this world, in this city, in this coast, um, new house, new marriage, new parenting, new mother, 
Um, when I say new mother, I've been a mom before, but it was a different type of experience. I was a single mom. So transitioning from being a single mom to now having a partner in this relationship as being a parent now was different for me. Uh, not knowing how to be somebody's wife while also being an executive for a big box retailer, trying to balance all of that was so confusing. And then having homesickness and not having any friends or family around and not having my own community really, really took a toll on my marriage. So we, um, I actually flew back to California pretty much half of the year for the la for the next three years. So the which put a strain in our marriage because I just didn't know how to adapt. But then I stopped being the victim and I said, you know what? All of this is happening for a reason. I prayed for all of this, right? I asked for all of this. I wanted someone to be present in my life. If I wanted a man to come through and show up for me and really show out. And that man came and here I am slapping God in the face. Blah, blah. Like, this is not what I wanted. But no, it's everything that I wanted. And so it came to a hard realization where I had to go through all these series, right? Ups and downs, ups and downs. And then I finally came to a halt of, wow, everything that I've ever wanted, everything that I've ever desired really came in the timing that was deserving for me to acknowledge what was the, the situation that I was in, the position that I was in right now. And I'm so happy that it happened the way that it happened because here I am, I've never been more happier than I've ever been in my entire life versus the first three years of my life. I was the happiest I've ever been, but the most depressed I ever was. That's the strangest thing ever, right? How could you be so happy yet so depressed? And that's where I kind of navigated through those emotions and that feeling. And finally, I'm in a place in my life right now where I'm just like, wow, I found my tribe, right? I found my community. I know my place. I know my purpose. I'm able to do X, Y, and Z and really, really push through. And that's where Unorthodox Therapy came about. So yeah, I don't know. That's all in a nutshell. So I don't know if I answered the question. <laughs> no, no, definitely. It's, 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 um, that, that part when you said that, you know, I ask for this, right? I ask for a partner. I ask for a new life, right? Whatever that entails. And then you received it. And that brought joy, but also brought some challenges. And that was when it was confusing, right? Where in yeah. your like, you know, like, um, like, and you felt like a victim at, at one point, right? And it's like, and it, it created more turmoil. And then what was that part that happened that you felt like, okay, well, I got to accept this and stop being a victim. Like, tell, tell me more a little bit about how did that epiphany come about? I think um, for me, it was, I was looking at the surroundings and then I just, I kept attaching myself to the old identity that I had. And that was the biggest issue on why I could not move forward because I was this woman, this profound woman that had her stuff together and all the things like I was that it girl. And, you know, I had a nice balance of like that, the, the, the nightlife, I was the connected woman. Everybody wanted to get a hold of me and this, that, and a third. But again, I was also a single woman. Um, who had asked to, to X, Y, and Z. So again, I was attached to this identity that no longer serves me. And so you know, I am trying to convert back to this version of that old girl that doesn't serve the woman in this life that I'm currently in. And that was the, 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 you know, the tug of war. I was straddling the fence, as they say, right? They straddling the fence. I didn't know which side to go, which where to go. And I was just so stuck. And in that moment, I think it was uh, two and a half years in, um, 
because I was a functioning depressed individual. So I was already doing all the things, right? No one would know, but inside I was just not as happy. And me and my husband was just talking about this, how when I would work, I would work till four or five in the morning in the middle of the night downstairs and he would be in the bed by himself. Now when I work, I work within him beside him on my laptop because I, you know, I want his company because I'm so nuts. Now we're just so in tune with each other and all the things. Right. And so, yeah, that epiphany came on, um, my two and a half, but on that third year, I was just like, oh my gosh, here I am wanting to be this woman that I once was to this new life that I have. And that woman can never, ever give this woman that I am today the life that I have now, like they, it, it, it just doesn't work that I've already outgrown that version of me. And here I am trying to go backwards. And it was just kind of like a slap in the face for me too. It was just like, oh, this whole time. Oh my gosh. Just attached to this, this identity that no longer serves me. And that was my epiphany. Wow. No, I appreciate you sharing that. Right. Because like, um, like a lot of women are not alone in that realization of like, or not even, or not being able to realize, right, that um, they're attached to that old identity, right, that doesn't serve them anymore. Um, we we tend to want, right, things, right? We want things, we want a, a new life or whatever it is that we want. And then when, when the universe or God finally gave it to us, we're like, what do we do with this, right? What do we do? And our mentality is stuck in the past, stuck in what we're used to, right? this old identity that we have that we have been living in for so long that when there's a new life right in front of us something that we always wanted it's like we don't know what to do with it right right and it's that that conflict and for you to be able to like pause and like realize that okay well um this no longer serves me in my new life right now right Right. And, and, and taking accountability for it. Right. And then you're not yeah. anymore. Yeah. I think that's such a beautiful reminder, beautiful story to share. Yeah, that's that's exactly what happened. It was just kind of one. And that was like, you know, and this is going back to last year when I uh, when you when I was asked to speak and I shared the title, you know, unbecoming the woman you once were. So you may honor the woman that you prayed to be. And, you know, I didn't, you know, I have to be honest with you, like I didn't prepare for that because I really asked um, the higher being to truly just give me the message I needed to share and honor that message the day that the day of the event. And, you know, to my surprise, I didn't realize how much, how many women I touched that day, how many women was really moved by my message. Um, I, and the the analogy I used with the bags that I remember you looking in, you're like, all oh, I was holding bags. <laughs> and in that moment, I was just like, you know, that analogy was really, um, a lot of women gravitated to that and can actually see the the message I was trying to push through. And it really did, it really helped a lot of women understand because I knew, I know I'm not alone. I know I wasn't the only one who experienced this. And I know many women that are currently probably going through the same thing that I went through the first three years of my transition from the West to the East. And so, yeah, it was kind of one of those epiphany of like, oh my gosh, this is what? Ah. But it took a long time. And that's what I wanted to allow like women to understand, like give yourself grace for me being as, being a self-proclaimed expert of navigating emotions for all these years leading up to when I come to the 
from the west to the east. And it took me three and a half, three years, essentially three years for me to finally be present in this current current season that I'm in right now. Yeah. Now, um, your your talk was one of the most powerful talks last year's conference, and last year was the was um was about the theme was mental health, and um and you know and, and a lot of women really did resonate with with the message that you're putting out there. It resonates with me too, um, and just with this conversation right now, what a great reminder that um you know sometimes we just need to pause and just reflect and and see like what are we attached to. Right, especially that identity that we we got so used to, and how sometimes it doesn't serve us anymore. So, oh, thank you for sharing that story, Will. You're welcome. I'm trying to like, I just threw a pen at my mom because I'm like, here she is playing with the baby, and I'm like, relax, I'm talking. Like they're literally recording me right now. Mark edit this. It's okay. Wow. I'm sorry, I'm doing a recording right now. Okay, okay, get interview yo. Okay, Ma thank you. Sorry, Mark, edit this. Yeah, Mark, edit that. Or not? Actually, I love that. But if you want that edit, I, I, that's the reality, right? It's wrong. Yeah, that is. It is. Yeah. And I'm like, my baby just woke up. My mom is sitting there singing to him. Ding 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 ding. <laughs> I like okay, well, but here I am wearing my good pen. Now I gotta go find my good pen. Anyway, yeah, that's the, that, that, that's the life of a mompreneur, right? Not not perfection. So, um, tell us about unorthodox therapy because this is such a beautiful nonprofit that you had founded, um, and it's helping a lot of women. Um, and I want you to share how this all came about because it's a, it is from your experience too. Absolutely. So, one hundred percent, and I'm so glad you shared. Um, you're asking me about uh, the nonprofit, and it literally stemmed from everything I just shared right now. From the previous message, literally, it stemmed from that because when I realized I was going through a deep depression, I'm calling therapists, psychiatrists, all the things, and I couldn't even find the right therapist, the right, the right counselor. And, and when I did find one, cause I was getting ready to, excuse me, but I was like, I thought I, I needed to kill myself because I was like, goodness gracious, like, can I schedule an appointment? And the, the problem is, is that in that moment, I wanted to kill myself. So that instant finding a therapist was not available for me. So you mean to tell me I should wait three weeks before I could finally see a therapist, but maybe I don't have three weeks. You know, and so that right there was like a trigger for me. I was just like, this system sucks. Like this entire system is terrible. The fact that women want to have what we want help when we finally reach out for help. My insurance doesn't cover this one. They only take private pay or they only do private insurance and they don't take Medicare or Medicaid or whatever the insurance company that, you know, and so forth and so on. And then I'm just like, okay, screw that. And when I did find a therapist, they didn't match me. They didn't make sense to who I was. So I was like, why would I continue a therapy session with someone who I feel I don't have a relationship with? And so I started Googling. I said, hey, let me see, let me, let me hone back into what made me happy back in California. And I love hiking. I love outdoorsy stuff. And it was one of those things. I love going trails. I love doing anything outdoorsy. And so I was like, let me look for a hiking group. And then I'll just hike with that. And then I found a hiking group. And when I found the hiking group, excuse me, I realized 
this is a newer group and it was all women and it was just they had like different modalities and and connections and relationships and i was like dude there's already community leaders already doing the work of therapists but that are probably just as effective if not more effective so there is a gap here what's going on here and then oftentimes the local women businesses have to discount their services to to accommodate their clients or make their clients uh um make their uh their services available or accessible and then what ends up happening is that the then women owned businesses not she's not off she's not she's just surviving at this point she's like you know right uh, what is it called when you're welling underwater like um she's trying to she's barely breathing because uh, she's like damn near trying to survive but she's also trying to help her community yeah. but she can't always discount her service because she still needs to pay for her bills and yeah. but I value the women that are already in these community leaders are already in the community doing the work of therapists, doing the work, but sometimes are often not uh, celebrated, number one, but insurances don't cover those services. So that's where unorthodox therapy comes in at. It's like, it's an unorthodox way of therapy. It's like, there are already women doing some healing. I mean, I'm talking about life-changing healing work and they're not being compensated the way they should be, or they have to keep discounting their services. And so as a nonprofit, I saw the gap and I saw that there's the, there's just this missing piece that needs to be just, essentially we just need to be build a bridge. And I, and I created this idea that started with an idea at first. And I was just like, dude, I need to start building the bridges. And, and, and this, we need to get these government grants to really fuel these local women businesses so they can continue doing the work for the community that they serve without having to discount their services because they should be valued for greater work that they do. But also, and key word here is every woman heals differently. Like we all heal differently. There's no one way one should heal, one should be healed and once uh, or how the government see fit God, yeah. or how once be healed oh you need to see a therapist you know what there are so many effective methods of healing whether it be sound bath whether it be yoga whether it be a community whether it be a conference at vcon yeah. like there are so many events and leaders and community leaders that are already doing the work of some amazing i mean amazing work and so i want these community events these um programs that community leaders women-owned businesses that are already implementing in their community, uh, make it more accessible, affordable, um, non-clinical, and unorthodox for all women. And so that's how unorthodox came about. And here we are, we are, we just celebrated one year. And in that one year, we finally have our board of directors in place. We're so excited about it because there are going to be some amazing things happening throughout the year. But again, a nonprofit is very hard to operate, especially when you are asking for grants and fund, uh, you know, uh, uh, corporation uh, donations and all the things. It's a lot of work, but you know what? I believe in the work. My team believed in the work and the, the, the leaders in the community believe in the work. And um, I'm so excited to see what we can do moving forward. So yeah, that's how Unorthodox came about. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a very beautiful idea, right? You said it started with an idea. It's a very beautiful idea and it's solving the problem, right? And you're dedicated in solving that problem mm -hmm. of like, 
having women, uh, having, you know, like helping women get access yeah. to healing, different healing modalities, right? And also at the same time, supporting the, you know, women-owned businesses who's providing these different types of healing, right? And these healings are a unique type of healing. So maybe now it's, it's more like, trending may not be the right word, but it's more like um, common, yeah, like yeah, comment, but still not the first thing people think when it comes to mental health, right? Most right. people think, right? right? It goes straight to you know, like I'm um, looking for a therapist, and then and and facing all those struggles of like finding a therapist. There's a shortage, mm-hmm. um, and then insurance companies, insurance companies, the healthcare system don't make it easy. Um, right. Yeah, and and you know, and and for for women to have other means of finding, finding healing, right? Especially when it comes right. to their mental health. Um, it's, it's what a great mission or what a great mission, um, to have. And it's still, sorry, I don't know anybody else is doing something like this, right? Yeah, so- we are the first. So we are the first advocacy nonprofit, um, uh, leading the way. And, uh, we are considered a pioneer because, yeah. uh, this is to, you know, many can follow right after there's, there's room for many others. Um, but we are the first in Philadelphia to create a, or to have a nonprofit that advocates for women and women and local women businesses already doing the work of therapists, doctors and psychiatrists, and that are just as effective. And so, yes, we're so excited to be a part of this journey and. I'm so excited to get the ball rolling because this is going to be huge. Like I, I believe it. I can't wait to see it unfold, but I'm also in a space where I'm also not in a rush because effective work and real work does not happen overnight. And I know, and I understand that. And that's why, you know, the goal is really to, to let people know that we exist, to let people know that, um, that, we are, we are making a way and we're gonna figure it out and we're gonna start doing that. And you're gonna start seeing some real, real work happening this year because our goal really is uh, with our nonprofit is to really make change. We don't wanna stay afloat. Like a lot of nonprofit often find themselves trying to stay relevant by fueling their admin, fueling their, you know, their presence. When really our goal is whatever funds we get, donations we get, it's not fueling our, our operation. It's literally going to pour right back. And that's where the board of directors come in at. We get to finally say, hey, guess what? We have $500. Who should we give this $500 to? Let's put a name in a bucket. And this is the women's uh, group that we serve, or this is the local women business that we get, we serve with all, obviously certain logistics that have to take uh, come into play. But needless to say, now we really want to make a difference and we want to show that difference. So I'm excited to, to, to really share that with the community. And we're very transparent with our community. So you see every dollar being spent, where it's being sent to, who actually got the donation and is accessible. So yeah, no, it's, it's truly very exciting. Um, and you have done a lot, actually. Um, and for somebody who, who is saying that um, we're really taking our time, but in a year, you have done so much and your presence have been stronger and stronger each month, right? And every year, like this year, it's, it's you know, the ball is rolling and it's just going to be helping a lot of women in the communities in the in Philadelphia area. So congrats. And, thank you know, and thank I can't you thank you enough for, for, um, for doing this, right? For doing and pioneering something like this that's gonna help so many women. Yeah. Uh, no, thank you so much. I'm I'm just so grateful. 
to be a part of a community and, you know, connecting with so many women because that's what happened. The first three years, I was really observing, connecting, putting the dots together and saying, oh my gosh, I love this community. I love this community. I love this community. This community is authentic. I love that, that, that. And I just started building my repertoire of all the people that I wanted to be a part of when we move forward. So I have my, I have the group of women, the local women businesses that's already in place, but obviously we need more. We want more. We want more women to sign up on the collaboration form. We want women to say, hey, I would love to collaborate with you. I would love to be considered. Um, because it shouldn't have to be like this long drawn out process of having to fill out application after application just to get the funding or anything like that. If there's a need, fill it out so we can actually give. Give if we have it, we're going to give. You know, money is not just sitting in our banks just to be saved, so that the co so corporation can borrow the money to send it and sell and buy whatever it is with the extra money just sitting in our bank. We want to use those dollars and we want to give it back to the community. So yeah, yeah, oh, it, it, it's so beautiful. And and, and again, um, I'm so grateful that you are in my in my you're you're part of my life right now, part of my Diva Girl community, and you know, and and you and you say yes to us, um, and because it's so easy to, to you're you're attractive in a way that you know your presence is it's authentic. Um, you're very passionate in what you do. Um, you're you're very confident in your approach. You're very courageous, right? That those are the things that how I would um, how I saw you when I first met. Oh, thank you. And I don't even feel like that sometimes because sometimes, you know, when you're starting something new, right, I mean, you, you have that imposter syndrome, right? You feel like you're not doing enough or you're not good at it versus somebody from the outside looking in like, girl, do you not see what you're doing? Like X, Y, and Z. And it's just like, dang, okay. But that's how you know you're doing real work. It's because when people see and they see all these things, they're like, oh my gosh, you're doing wonderful. And here you are thinking like, oh my gosh, I'm not doing enough. I need to do this. I need to do that. I need this, this, that third. And so, you know, again, it is, uh, I appreciate that uh, feedback because sometimes I do feel like I'm not doing enough because I get overworked or I'm clouded by, you know, obligations of motherhood and wifehood and familyhood and businesshood and all the things, right, under the same belt and one umbrella. Um, so how do you navigate all those things? Well, it just happens and we make it work. We figure it out. We figure it out. Uh, yeah. Oh, this is a reminder to you that, you know, like um, from the outside, you may be thinking all those stuff and those are real, right? Like I feel like, you know, like I know that I would feel those things as well, but to, to tell you honestly, what you're putting out there and what people aren't seeing is like this courageous, confident woman who believes in what she does and is super passionate and will do anything to help other women. So, uh, you know, like I, that's a reminder that that's yeah. what. And you know, and and I'm I'm impressed, and I you know, and and yeah, and it, it's something that people see that in you. That's why they can't help but gravitate towards you and support you and help. I appreciate you. that. Thank you. When I always have the saying um, when I first came on board and then I started with unorthodox therapy was when the outcome is no longer income, you make effective change. So that's been my, my little slogan for me because everything that I've ever wanted to do was just understanding that when you do, you do things from the heart and while income is important, but when you actually serve a purpose and you are, you have the financial means to serve that purpose, it just makes life so much more beautiful. Yeah. So, one hundred percent. I love that. That's gonna go on our show notes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
<laughs> All right. So um, here's the, the part when we do rapid fire questions. Okay. Rapid fire. Yeah. Yes. So I have a few questions for you. And the first thing that comes to your mind, you have to answer it in one word or one sentence. Okay. okay. All right. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Here you go. Who is a famous person you would like to meet? Dead or alive, and why? Oh, <laughs> person that I would like to meet, dead or alive. Um, my mother's mom. Mm. She is nice. famous person to me because my mother talks so highly about her and says identical to me. Um, and she's no longer living. She was uh, murdered uh, way back when in the sixties. And, um, yeah, I, I want to meet her because I want to understand a little bit about my personality. Sometimes I think she's reincarnated and I am her. <laughs> That's what my mom keeps saying. You're just identical to your grandmother. And if your grandmother was alive right now, I promise to God, you, you, you she would probably curse you out more than me. And I'm just like, hey, she's so famous in my household because she, all she does is reference my mother, her mother. That's me. <laughs> oh, 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 that was beautiful. That's a, that's a beautiful answer. Thank you for sharing that. And what is your grandmother's name? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. It's kind of one of those things in Asian culture, right? And um, where you you just reference her as yay or your yay, which means grandma. Um, and because you know my mother uh, didn't share much about you know that you know they didn't have education way back when. So not knowing their first name or the proper spelling of their first or last, she's never referenced her as her first name. So I have, I don't have a single clue unless they're actually, you know, I don't have a single clue. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, how mysterious and so interesting. You know. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know, right? My mother's father, um, he was, um, he worked for the king back in Cambodia. And so uh, because of the relationship they had, they like, Field a lot of information um and yeah it's a story with her so it's, it's a lot but that's why i don't know her name so yeah well thank you for sharing your yay yay yeah. yay uh-huh mm -hmm. love it all right, all right next question you ready yeah all right what did you want to be when you were a little person <laughs> i wanted to be a singer huh? <laughs> i did i wanted to be a whole Solo singer. Oh my God. Yeah, I used to want to be a singer so bad. And um, I did. I ended up getting signed um, by, uh, with, I got a distribution deal, a label deal, the whole shebang. I was in a girl group. And then uh, that ship sailed after I realized the industry was so, so evil. My, my energy couldn't deal with it. My spirit couldn't handle that. So I was like, no, I'm done. I'm over it. So yeah. Well, I would love to hear you sing. Oh my goodness. Uh, I don't think I could sing like that anymore. I got a little low because I could do karaoke night. Like, I always would do karaoke night too. We're Asian. Girl, like, yeah, I'm I'm like, thinking we could sing like when he has been like, hello. Oh, yeah. oh we're Oh, still out of here. Yep. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. We have to go and do karaoke. I've been wanting to go somewhere and do karaoke. That what, that's what needs to happen. A karaoke night, a girl's karaoke night needs to happen ASAP in the book. Yeah. Flip time. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. Totally. All right. Last question. You ready? Mm-hmm. Here we go. 
What is your biggest motivation for getting up in the morning? I don't know. That's a trick question. (laughs) Okay. My biggest motivation of getting up in the morning is obligation. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's the reality and the truth. It's obligation. Got to get ready for school, and I got to make sure they have a lunch packed and their food ready. All the things, and yeah, honestly, is 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 my children. My children is my biggest motivation. I need to set them up for success. So preparing lunch, clothes, bed, bathing, the whole shebang, and that's literally why I have to get up early in the morning. Every single morning, it does not change. It's just, I gotta get up because it's a, it's, a, it's a human alarm clock. So I have to get up regardless, yeah. regardless. <laughs> Girl, you don't know how much that resonates with me, right? Like, and we don't, and I don't call it obligation, right? But it's the truth. It is. Obligation. Yeah, a lot of people like want to like, you know, you know, a lot of people like to paint this beautiful picture of how life is and how wonderful it is. But one thing you're going to get from me is you grow all transparency. Y'all going to get some realness. Y'all going to get some honesty and vulnerability because that's the that's the beauty about loving and loving who you are and really being in a space in your life right now where you're just so unapologetically who you are and whether you hate it or not, I love all that I am and my transparency, all the things, right? So yeah, I'm gonna tell you the honest to God truth. And my baby just fell off the bed. I got dirty. <laughs> and we love you, love, <laughs> love you. You no, he just fell off the bed. He's like, ah, you gave us up. Who punched my baby? Listen, you, you and, and you're it's a raw, it's authentic and, and you're you're real and, and that's what we need more, right? In in the world of filters and you know and and uh highlight reels. We need Yeah. No, it's true. That's why I did that late you know, the most recent reel I have, the before and after. Yes. But they yeah. don't afro and then I'm like, yeah, but they don't talk about a baby book. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Mo, I really appreciate you giving us some of your time. I know you're a very busy woman. Um, so in our podcast, we have our guests have the last words of wisdom. So what would you, what would be your parting words of wisdom to our listeners today before we say adios? I don't really have much, but okay. I'll, I'll just say that. Um, love yourself first. It's who you end up being by yourself at the end of the day. My mom always say that you don't like, you know, nobody comes home with you when you die, jewelry, clothes, all the things, right? But you're sold in your spirit, right? Um, you got to take care of yourself. You come first. You come first. It's the only way you can help others. So take care of yourself first. And with that, we say goodbye. Bye. Thank you for listening. We hope to see you at our upcoming events. Go to divagirltribe.com or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Diva Girl Tribe. Become a member and join our Diva Girl 411 Facebook group.